Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I just really sensed in my spirit, and I don't know if you could sense it as well, but the Lord is inviting us to go deeper with Him. Can I hear an amen? I'm telling you, You've got, to, you've got to realize something. This is prophetic Pastor Benaiah for you right now. There is a fingerprint on this house, and it's unique. It's really unique. And I, I saw this picture, and it was like a tornado of fire. And I've had that picture before for our church. And it was just this amazing, just the spirit of God, the spirit of freedom, the spirit of his kingdom was just in this place. <laughs> and the youth are getting sucked into it and the young people and the kids and the older people and everyone's just, it's like they're being overwhelmed. When was the last time we were overwhelmed by him? Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we had uh, our, our pastors gathering for the region and I just want to honour with all my heart the volunteers who came out and help with that. There is something precious and noble about caring for those who spend their life caring for others. Yeah. There's something really precious about it. We should never take it lightly. And as a church, that's who we're called to be. And Charlie was speaking here yesterday, um, and, and, and she just made room for the Holy Spirit to do what he does, which we're going to do this morning. And people are getting breakthrough and people are getting touches from God and people are being set free. And these are pastors. Our state president was there of the ACC. He's responsible for literally thousands of pastors and he's on the front row and God's ministering to his heart. Because of what God's doing in this church, somebody who's ministering to thousands is having a moment of breakthrough with God on the front row. This is who we are. This is the calling of God. And we are yet to fully step into it. Do you know that? Do you know that we haven't fully stepped into the call of God on Celebration Church? Do you realize that? We get caught up in things that don't matter. We get caught up in things that are noise. And the Father just is saying, I want to meet with you. And it's so challenging because we live in a generation, when I say generation, but anyone who's breathing, of this thing. We are always distracted. We are always being lured away for something else. And these things can be used for good, but they can also be used for destruction. And the exciting thing is, the Holy Spirit this morning is stirring our church to say, do you know what I have? And it's not hard to get. It's not hard to step in. You just got to step into it. It's like a mighty river flowing past our church. We just got to jump in and go, hey, you know the best thing about rivers flowing? It's not when you're trying to go against the stream. It's not when you, I can't swim. It's when you lay on your back and you go, yes, take me, take me along, Lord. 
Where are we going? Let's, let's see what you're doing. Let's see what's around the corner. Let's, and you enjoy the presence and the adventure of God. And Celebration Church, 8 Bellevue Street, South Nara, has an anointing on it. It's an anointing means a supernatural enabling. To be a church where people are set free, people find hope, people find love, people find breakthrough, where people find refreshment. Yes, and if you're here this morning and you're feeling like you are dry, you're feeling like you are burnt on the inside, the Lord has healing water for you. And the last few weeks have been amazing. We're mixing the service up and Charlie, Pastor Charlie has been preaching. And the presence of God... Even for our online streamers, we're getting text messages. We had at least three people text. I was overwhelmed in my lounge room. The presence of God. It's amazing. Like, it's just... And then yesterday, the presence of God. And this morning, the presence of God. Hey, it's so cool. This is really... I love this. What is the X factor we have, which no other group in this... No other non-Christian group in this area has? It's his presence. And Moses says this, doesn't he? Moses says, what will distinguish us? What is it that's going to make us different apart from every other person, every other group, every other... What was it? His presence. Oh, it's so cool. What makes you different? His presence. It's not your personality. It's not your smile. It's not your theology. It's not what you think is real or not. It's his presence. And he says this. He says, I will pour out my presence on you and in you. I will pour it out like oil. I will anoint you afresh. The Bible says my cup overflows with his presence. And this morning, I'm going to speak about waiting quietly before the Lord. Because we have to be great at understanding his presence. Our church loves well. I think we love well. We're not perfect, but I think we do well. We make meals for each other when we know someone's not well. We invite, last week I was watching new people being invited over to sit in the cafe by some of our regular church people. We're, we're, We're getting better and better at this stuff. It's amazing. It's kingdom. But it's his presence in all that. In April, we're going to be doing a month on celebration groups and evangelism. Why? Because it's his presence. (laughs) I remember at Bible College, um, it was my first conference. And I was at Hillsong Bible College, and it was my first conference where we were serving. And I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit shy. And... Me, being the inquisitive person I am, found the most different person to me in the room and went and sat with them. Anyone do that on purpose? I do that on purpose. Why? Because I have a cool story to tell one day. It's interesting, it's different. So I found this guy and his name was George. And he was from Africa. George from Africa. And I sat next to him. And for an hour, George talked to me. I didn't understand one thing George said. For a whole hour. 
And he was the type of person that when he would talk, he would grab your arm and he was very passionate. A couple of the words I did understand were words like the glory of God, the presence of God. And the reason why I stayed with him for a whole hour before I think everyone moved on to something else was because the presence of God on George from Africa was so overwhelming. I had tears in my eyes. And I couldn't understand what he was trying to tell me. But it didn't matter. It wasn't in the words. It was in the presence. (laughs) And to this day, that was at least 10 years ago. To this day, I remember the moment. I remember the room. I remember the encounter with God. Because when God's presence is there, there is freedom. There is love. There is reconciliation, there is forgiveness, there is joy. And I could have went and sat with whoever and had a big chat about where they were from and what this and that, and it would have been fine. But in that moment, God wanted to meet with me, and he wanted to meet with me through George from Africa. And this morning, I get you to realize something, church. When the prophetic word is spoken... It's really accurate in this church. The Father is saying to us, I long to meet with you. I long to sit with you. I long to overwhelm you. I long to pick you up again. I long to meet with you in what? In places we have never met and ways you have never encountered. I want to meet with you. But you have to take a step first. Take a step towards him. Charlie and I are at an age, and some of you will think this is funny, but we are at a place now in our life where we don't want to do church for the sake of church. If God is not here, we're not here. I I can't just do the church like every other, I can't, there needs to be, God is in our midst. The cost is too great otherwise. We need to be a church that hungers and thirst after him. (laughs) Waiting quietly before the Lord. If you have your Bible, we don't have the screen this morning. Why don't you turn with me to um, 1 Kings 19.11. 1 Kings 19.11. This is so cool. I always want to make room for celebration and testimonies in our church. So you ready for some? Last week, somebody prayed for their workmates back and they saw healing in their back. (laughs) Who here has ever had back pain or has back pain? Who has back pain right now? All right. Put your hand up. Let's just, let's pray as a church for them. Father, we take the testimony of that testimony we just read You can heal backs. And right now we declare in the name of Jesus, healing in every back. Where there is pain, where there is chronic pain, we say no more in the name of Jesus. And we declare the healing work of the cross and we say be healed in Jesus' name. We declare heaven touching earth right now in this moment in Jesus' powerful name. 
Amen. One of our uh, precious little ones um, had a hip condition, which was, they got news this week, has been completely healed, which is amazing. Um, no doubt we'll hear more about that later at some point. Last week, Pastor Charlie got you to write down names of people that you want to see come to Christ. And within an hour, there were reports of people getting text messages from the people they had written down. How cool is that? Three people uh, let us know, three different people doing the live stream, that the presence of God was so strong through the online Zoom. They saw salvations at Youth on Friday. Josh Poulton spoke an amazing word. Um, and new community connects have already started, which is amazing. Um, and there was a new youth kids mum who went along to the craft community group as well, which is really cool as well. Thank you, Jesus. So the past three weeks, we've been speaking around the theme of family. Vision Sunday was about raising up a culture of family for our church and for our city. Pastor Charlie spoke after that about knowing who you are in the family, that you have something to bring, sons and daughters, not slaves, but righteous. And then last week, I think it was last week, she spoke about being a family that welcomes people home. Spoke of the prodigal son, we're a family that sees salvations. We wrote down names by faith of those who want us to see coming home this year. If you missed those, go online or on our website, have a listen. Track with us this year. God's doing something this year in our church. We also have a bunch of people who have been affected by COVID, whether directly or indirectly with isolation. And we just declare healing over them in Jesus' name or whoever it is they've come in contact with. Um, that's it. You know what it's like at the moment. It's half of the Shalhavens in isolation, it feels like. But that's okay. So let's look at this scripture right now. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. This is Elijah, talking about Elijah. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. And it says, Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you know that God wants to speak to you? Do you know that he wants to speak to you in a powerful, powerful way. And do you know that a person who knows how to hear the voice of God accurately is an unstoppable force on the earth? Do you know that if you can learn to hear the voice of God, you will become unstoppable? <laughs> if you just learn to hear the voice of the preacher or... The, the counsellor or the family member or whoever, it, it's, 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 it can be powerful, but ultimately you need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And you'll see this year as a church, we're going to lean into the prophetic more. We're going to lean into empowering you to be prophetic and, and bringing breakthrough by hearing the voice of the Spirit of God. We see here that Elijah is waiting on the voice of God. And in the powerful wind, there was no voice. In the earthquake, there was no voice. In the fire, there was no voice. But in the gentle whisper, God spoke. How amazing is that? We live in a generation right now of earthquakes, fires, mighty winds, lots of noise, lots of distraction, lots of things happening. Even in the Christian world, lots of noise. Boo. Too much noise. (laughs) We have to be attentive to the gentle whisper. On Thursday night, Nat and I went to watch the Illawarra Hawks at, what do they call it? The sand pit? The sandbox? Snake pit? Something? I don't know. At the, at the entertainment centre. It has a nickname. I don't, can't remember what it is. We were given, I was given, courtside seats. And I thought, I'll say yes to that. That sounds good to me. My wife didn't want to come along, so I took Nat. It was a beautiful night, yes. So we're in this place and there's thousands of people and you've got all the noise. You've got the basketball players, you've got the noise around, you've got the MC who's doing the things like defence, defence, or go to the Steelers Club upstairs for a special steak after the, you know, all these things. And he's, he kept, I know the Steelers Club after they kept saying it so many times. I was so intrigued by him. I kept saying that. Nah, so, literally, like... What, a, what an unusual job that is. Really deep, you know, voice. And, uh. But you know what? The, the people I heard the loudest were the girls sitting behind me. That might not have been a good thing. It probably wasn't. They took away from the game. Or the guy sitting next to me. <laughs> who had a hygiene problem and took away from the game. Even with a mask on, I still couldn't get over it. But I could hear them because they were the loudest because they were the closest. (laughs) The closest person in your world will be the loudest person in your world. The closest thing in your world will be the loudest thing in your world. If you want God to be the loudest voice in your world, you need to be the closest to him more than anything else in your life. How are we going tracking the gentle whisper of God? Waiting quietly is a form of worship. Waiting before God is a powerful thing. In Lamentations 3 verse 26, it says, It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And you're going to have to write these down or because it's not on the screen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 62, verse 1. To wait patiently and quietly before the Lord. Mm. 
In John 3, verse 30, it says, He must increase and I must decrease. If you're looking for a last scripture, that could be good. More of him and less of me. We lessen our voice in order to increase our awareness of his voice. To have a voice that is quiet is a very rare art because we are taught through culture that our voices need to be loud. In the church, we're taught that our voices need to be loud. In the Pentecostal church in particular, we are taught your voice needs to be loud. Loud worship. You've got to put earmuffs on the kids in some places. Loud amens, loud announcements, loud noise. And if God's love's in that noise, it's not bad. But there are moments we need to be quiet. The key to effective prayer isn't loudness. Instead, it's being attentive to the promptings of the Spirit, which comes through being quiet. If I go on a date with my wife and talk the whole time, we are not going to grow in our relationship because I need to be quiet in order to hear her heart. We, 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 we must be careful with this type of message that we don't go, oh, yeah, that's Christianity 101. I'm telling you, most of the church are not quiet enough to hear his voice. And I know it because fear is so loud. In Psalm 62, verse 1, Psalm 62, I don't know if I said that, but Psalm 62, verse 1, says this in the New Living Translation. It says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, where my fortress and where I'll never be shaken. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. And in verse 5 it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in Him. In Psalm 37, verse 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not, or, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. In Psalm 27, 14, Wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. In Psalm 46, 10, Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. We must be people who learn the art of quietness. Who learn the art of listening to the whisper. And who don't get distracted by the earthquake, by the fire and by the wind. But take a moment to say, Lord, speak to me in the midst of the wind. Speak to me in the midst of the fire. When the noise is happening, when the storm is going on, where is your whisper, Lord? And think about this with me. Elijah's waiting for God to speak to him. And three times he waits with expectation and three times he is let down. Three times he's disappointed. Three times God didn't turn up. (laughs) But on the last time, imagine if Elijah went, forget it, God. You didn't come through on your promise, forget it. No, he waited. 
he waited. He waited in quietness and then God spoke. You know, the truth doesn't need to be shouted. It needs to be lived out. (laughs) The loudest message that we will ever carry is the message of the fruit of our life. I was so confused by this when I was younger, like really young, because I would see Christians who would talk a big game, but their fruit was terrible. And it confused me because I didn't understand the disconnect between those who knew how to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, sit in church, give them the offering, even serve in church. But then you looked at their life and they had zero fruit. And the older I get, the more I realize that the loudest fruit I'm ever going to produce or the loudest noise is going to be the fruit of my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there's no law. You've got to understand, though, that often people think they're in truth, but they're not. They think they're being godly, but they're not. And they are often the loud minority. And I put it to you this morning that often the most godly in the room are the most quiet. I'm not, I'm not talking right now, don't, not saying amen. Don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the need to have to be heard isn't there. Beware of the loud Christian. Beware. Am I saying you shouldn't speak up for truth? No, I'm not. Definitely speak up for truth. Definitely speak the scripture. But you know when you start becoming the loud, loud, loud person. Why? Because scripturally, God shouts for you. I wait patiently before the Lord... For my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. I wait patiently before him, quietly. I wait for him because he fights for me. (laughs) Get this. How cool is this? Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. Get this. If only you be silent. (laughs) It's when you shut up that often God moves the most. Now, please don't hear this with a five-year-old mentality of, well, do you mean we don't never have to say anything? I'm not saying that. I'm saying in your spirit, a quiet spirit, a trusted spirit that says, God, this is your fight. This is your church. These are your people. Therefore, I will quiet my spirit before you Instead of coming before you and saying a bunch of a thousand words, I will sit before you and say, I put my trust in you. Oh, that's good preaching. Hear the prophetic message in this, please. Do you know that faith is quiet? Listen, faith is an assurance and a certainty of what you hope for. You don't need to talk yourself into being full of faith. It's hope, but faith knows. 
And when you know, you don't need to prove anything to yourself or to anybody else. You don't need to talk God into things when you have faith. You just need to know. It says this in, in Isaiah 30, 15. Isaiah 30, 15. Turn there if you want. It says, For thus said the Lord God, the one Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. You get that? Isaiah 30, 15. This is what the Lord says. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. You've got to zip it. You've got to zip it in order for God to move. Because what happens is when you're quiet before him, a supernatural exchange takes place. When you wait on the Lord, what does he do? He causes you to rise up with wings as eagles. And we learn to stop and to be quiet. You know that fear is loud? You know that? Faith is quiet, but fear is loud. When you're fearful, everyone knows it often. When you're worried, when you're scared, when you're stressed, when you're, it's just a lack of trust. And when we have faith and when we trust, we have to realize that it accompanies a quiet spirit. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Remember, faith the size of a mustard seed is all that you need. Why is it that we become people who are always trying to produce oak trees of faith when God just wants a mustard seed? He just wants a yes. He just wants a yes and amen. Faith is quiet, but also trust is quiet. Again, the Lord will fight for you if you only be silent. When you trust God, your spirit quietens down. When you remember he's trustworthy, when you remember that he's there for you, when you remember that he's got you. <laughs> Bear, who's my son, if you're new here, is in the age right now, he's nearly two, but he's in the age of climbing everything. Therefore, he's also in the age of falling off everything, it feels like. So yesterday he was at our bench in our kitchen, eating his dinner, and he was reaching, and, and Charlie said, Bear, don't do that, you're going to fall. He didn't listen, and he fell off and smack hit the ground. And it's one of those falls that wasn't graceful. It was like a solid head-to-the-ground type fall. What do we do when that happens? We don't say, oh, Bear, you've got to learn your lesson now. It's your own fault. Get yourself off the ground, you silly kid. No, we don't do that. We pick him up, we hold him, and we say, are you okay? And then he says, he says kisses, because he wants us to kiss the bit that hurts. And we go, nah, all better. And he goes, ah, oh. and he thinks it's all better. <laughs> it's great. This happens probably a dozen times a day at the moment. He trusts his parents. He trusts that when they pick him up, it's okay. He knows that when it's 
him by himself on the ground in pain is different to when his dad's got him in his arms. He quietens down when he's in my arms because he knows he can trust. When you know that the Father has you in his arms, you can quieten down. You can quiet your spirit. You can quiet your soul. And you can put your hope in him. And it's the most rested place. <laughs> the past two years, our society has been swimming against this virus, swimming against this, all this stuff going on. We're all, we've been in survival mode. And I feel like, just to remind us, our Father is the same. He hasn't changed. We can rest in his arms and say, I trust you, Dad. I trust you, Father. You've got me. It's okay. You've, I'm scared, but you've got me. The storm is around me, but I'm going to know that I'm with you and it's okay, and therefore I can nap in the boat. Like Jesus napped in the storm. The last thought this morning is this, and then we're going to wait. We're going to wait on the Lord for him to speak to you. You know that humility is quiet? Isaiah 26, verse 3. You keep, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is set on you, because he trusts you. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is set on you, because he trusts you. Humility and peace go hand in hand. Have you ever met the person that always has to share their opinion? Maybe you're that person. Humility means that we are secure. Often we feel like we've got to try and put out our opinion, put out our thoughts, let people know because we're trying to make ourselves feel better. But you know that the most humble people on the earth often... Their spirit is the most quiet. They're the ones in the room that they're listening, they're learning, they're humble, they know who they are. They're washing feet because Jesus knew who he was, where he came from, the Bible says, so he washed their feet. They're not intimidated by what people say about them or by the job that's ahead of them or whether it's demeaning or not or whether people value them or not or whether they feel hurt or not. It doesn't matter. All that matters is I am secure in my Father. It's hard to be offended when you are humble. Do you know that? It's really hard because you're so secure. There are some times in life, and I've been in this place, where I feel insecure and I become loud <laughs> I become defenseful and I become offended easily. It might be in my marriage. It might be with my friends. It might be in the church. And I find myself being the person you've got to tiptoe around because I'm not secure. But when you wait on the Lord's voice, and he speaks to you about who you are and about what you bring, you become so secure. And fear dissolves. It literally it dissolves. It's just like the mist. It just disappears because 
you know who you are, and Charlie spoke about this recently. You just know who you are, and therefore you can, it doesn't matter if you're washing Judas's feet because you know who you are. Sometimes in church, you give people a, a job and it's like it's below them. You can't get much below washing Judas' dirty feet. But all it is is a reflection of insecurity. Because a secure person says, I know who I am and I know who my father is. And hey, anything, if I can do anything to help, I'll do it. Anything. I don't mind washing the dishes. I don't mind washing the feet. I don't mind whatever I have to do. I don't need to have the glamour type job. I just want to be part of the family. But it comes back to sitting quietly before the Lord. We're about to finish, but please let your spirit grasp this. Mary was real, sorry, Martha was really busy, so busy that she didn't stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. Whereas Mary did, yeah, in the story. Mary sat. And what we do with that story often is we go, well, Mary, you just, that she, that's it. That's, that's, and she, Jesus said this. He said she chose what was better. He didn't say she chose what was right. You know what a smarter person would have done? Sat with Jesus and pre-prepared the meal. Or said, Jesus, can you come in the kitchen? Well, I cook you some bacon and eggs. Come in the kitchen and let me speak and let me hear what you're saying. There is an option three, I think. But if you only have those two options, yeah, Mary chose what was better. But people use that to sit and never do anything. Oh, you can be a Martha. You're so busy. I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to sit and receive while everyone else feeds me. Literally, that's what's happening. People are here early setting up. People are here early wiping chairs down, wiping microphones, practicing in the band, come out during the week to rehearse so that we can be blessed. Let me just sit here and be a Mary and just enjoy his presence. Why don't you do both? Why don't you sit with him at home and come to church and actually do something? Because Karen, I love Kez. She's amazing. You know Kez is up here playing the piano. Were you playing on the stage today, Nat? No? Nat's up here service leading. She's on the keys. They have a baby unattended over there in that pram. (laughs) She's asleep. She's asleep. We have a couple who aren't paid by the church. Nat works full-time. Kez works part-time. They have three beautiful girls who come out during the week, run creative. He's up here service leading. She's up here playing. And I hear this little cry in the pram. And I look over and I think, oh, there's a baby in there. And they do it because they love the Lord and they love his house. Please get involved. Please do something. Listen, if that's your attitude, apologize to Karen. Because she is working her butt off week after week. And her, her little kid, little Winter, and we live in an environment where she can be over there sleeping in God's presence. It's amazing. But there is a price that's been paid. Yeah, give, give her a hand, 100%. 
listen, church, I'm not gonna, I can't baby our church anymore. I can't. Please don't be offended if I'll be honest. Let me be honest. People pay a huge price and we need to honour them. Yesterday, I want to just honour someone else. Ange and Watto. And they're not in the room because, of course, they're out serving. Ange has been out for the past six weeks, I think, serving. I don't know if she was in here last week, but she's been out most weeks. I know because my son gets dropped off over there now. (laughs) And they miss out on the worship in here with you and I because they're serving and they're worshipping the Lord, but they're still missing out on something. We have to honour people. And then Watto works full-time. He works for a solar company full-time. If you want solar panels, go talk to him. And yesterday, they're out here on their one day off because Sunday they work their butts off. They run a whole department plus other things. And he's out here. They're both out here helping to minister to pastors. And he's back at work 7 a.m. Monday morning. We have to be a family. We have to all step it up. Listen, I, I just, you're getting my pastor, Benaiah. You know, our church has one service on a Sunday. Please get this. People complain about how many things are happening in our church. We are a one Sunday church. Some service, some churches have three services on a Sunday. Oh, I don't want to be out too much. I don't want to. Do you understand we are a one? What if God answers our prayer? And it's pretty close to it. If we have our COVID people back, this place is going to be pretty overflowing. And we have to go to two services. Now listen, that might sound funny to you, but it's hard to get people onto one roster for one service once a month. God sent revival, but in my terms. God sent revival, but I'm not giving up my seat. God sent revival, but everything it has to be according to what fits me and what I want because messiness doesn't fit the kingdom. Oh. And I just want to break off this immature mentality. I want to break it off because revival is 5,000 people with no food plan. <laughs> the events team let everyone down that day. The host team let everyone down that day when they didn't think ahead about all the people that needed to eat food after three days. I'm picking on the host team because I used to be on the host team. God, send revival. God, send in the people. God, we want the church to be touching the nations. Oh, there's no seats. Oh, we're not going to go anymore. (laughs) There's not enough people for the host team to get the place ready between services. We can't do a second service, guys. I'm sorry. That's the other option, by the way. Instead, it's the Karens who say, my hand's still up. My hand's still up. It's unconditional. I just want to serve the Lord. I've waited for him, and he has spoken to me about who I am. I guarantee you, Kaz does not have a word this morning about playing piano or keyboard. True? She hasn't heard from God this morning. This morning, I want you to go and play the keyboard. (laughs) But that's how we act. I've got to pray about whether I can greet someone on the door. Just be Jesus. Just be Jesus. 
Hey, welcome to church. Jesus loves you. Hey, welcome to church. Thank you for being here. God, let your presence move through my handshake. God, let your anointing move through every person that I meet today. It might not be up on the stage preaching, but it can be just as powerful as someone encounters you while I shake their hand or tap their elbow or whatever it is post-COVID. King David said, I'd rather be on the door of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. So, let me ask you, church, do you have that mentality? Do I? I'd rather be a host for one day than a thousand elsewhere. Yeah. And if that offends you, no, deal with it. You can deal with it. It's truth. Yeah. And if I was sitting in our church, I wish that my pastor would be that honest with me. Yeah. You don't understand, Charlie and I, we, we look through our church and we think, would we be in this church? Would we sit as a family in this church? And if the answer is no, then we need to change some things. But the answer is yes for us. I don't know why I'm saying all this. I just think the Holy Spirit is trying to get us prepared. Lord, send revival. But Lord, prepare our hearts for the cost. What if you sent 5,000 people in? Honestly, church, can we just, with faith, think about this? What would we do? You know what that, you know another word for that? It's revival. You know another word for that? Chaos. <laughs> Complete and utter chaos. That's what that is. So maybe we should be praying, God, send chaos. <laughs> because we get precious about things that don't matter because we've stopped listening to the voice of God. We're listening to the girls behind us at the basketball game instead of trying to pay attention to the main event. We're distracted by the hygiene of Stinky Pete next to me on the basketball game instead of focusing on the main event. And I just want us as a church to understand the prophetic moment and we're going to finish in a moment, but the prophetic moment is this. I long to meet with you, church. Remember, what's going to happen when God's presence increases week by week here? What's going to happen? People will come. People travel the world to go sit in Bethel Church because God's presence is there, because a group of people up in the mountains in Reading, which is a bit like Nara, very similar, went, forget it all, we're going for him. Genuinely, we're going for him. We're going for God. We're giving everything. We're not going to be distracted. We're going. And people travel from around the nations, including me. I've been there twice. I think three times even. Fly in, drive, spend the money to sit in a building just like this with people just like you. And the anointing of God is in the place. And Ryan this morning, I was thinking about it, he is starting to step into the anointing, bro. Yeah. That Bethel anointing presence, there's something coming through your voice. Yeah. There's something coming through your spirit. Yeah. And all it takes, church, is one. Yeah. 
Imagine if there was 20 who went, we want more of God. We want more of his presence. We don't care about, oh, well, the lunch is ready in three minutes. My tummy is rumbling. The pettiness of our hearts sometimes. And God says, I want to meet with the Shalhaven. I want to meet with the nation. Send them in and prepare our hearts for the chaos. Prepare our hearts for the phone call of the department leader saying, hey, we're going to two services. Do you mind if you're involved a bit more? The option, other option, you know the other option? It's terrifying to me. We just keep doing what we're doing with the same people, with the same expectation. And we never step into the fullness of the anointing of God because we have glimmers of it. Yesterday when our state president of the ACC is on the front row in tears because God is meeting him. He's having a God moment in the midst of Nat and the team up here with the worship and Charlie up here trying to preach a heart out. He's there encountering God, hearing God for the state of the ACC. Thousands of people, 300,000 people are under his care. And he's in celebration. And we're here this morning going, oh, yeah, this is oh, same old, yeah. Hey, Ken, see, gone. Hey, Tom. There's a new stain on the carpet. Oh, that's no good. I'll somehow look after that. No, 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 no. One more, one more testimony. And then we're going to wait for three minutes on God. Yeah. Because after all my words, who cares? Let's hear God's words. My son gets to stand or stand or he's in my arms in the worship of this church and the power of that I am forever thankful for winter right now is in Nat's arms in the presence of the almighty in a church family and for that Nat is forever thankful for we have holy moments as a family and it's time for us to say, we are proud about what God's doing in this church. We are thankful about what God is doing. We're not going to get negative. We're not going to get familiar. We're thankful for Pastor Nat and Karen. We're thankful for Pastor Joel and Alex. We're thankful for our senior. We are so blessed as a house. We are not familiar. We are not ungrateful. We are not going to complain like the Israelites complained against Moses and all the different things and never enter the promise. Because every other church, it feels like at the moment, in our nation has people who are whinging. God, let us see higher. Let us see greater. Let them see beyond my passion. Let them see your passion. Your heart. Because young people are committing suicide. And people need Christ. And I don't want to be sitting here next Sunday and watch half the church walk in 10 minutes late to our service because we didn't get up early enough. It punches me in my soul. <laughs> it does. Because the Lord is worthy. He is holy. He is so much worthy than the, the minimal that we give on a Sunday. We should be here worshipping in our hearts. Get here if it's a 10 o'clock service. Get here at 9 and pray. But yeah, talking to people, prophesying, praying for people, buying people coffee. 
It's time for us to go beyond the words and actually be the church. And listen, 40% of church attendance has come back across our state. 40%. 60% never came back. Our church bucked that trend. Thank you, Jesus. But people and pastors are hurting. It's time for us to be the refreshers, the cup bearers, the ones that say, hey, God is still with you. I spoke to a pastor yesterday, two pastors, two, both in Europe, and they're both going through the same thing across what we're seeing across our state. And I'm just speaking life. I'm, pro- I'm prophesying over them. I'm praying for them. God, you are doing something great and you're not finished. And I just pray, Lord, that we would see beyond the sweaty exterior and we would see the fire in the spirit. We would see the anointing on the house. We would have a Joshua generation who didn't get caught up in the things that didn't matter. We need to have a young spirit to see all that God has. Woo! Charlie, am I doing okay? You're on Zoom right now. This stuff is not a game, it's real. Oh, Lord, help us. Why don't we just take a moment, take a moment to wait on his voice. Let him speak to you. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Just receive his voice.
in rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Quietness and trust shall be your strength. He feels like they just heard heard from God just then in that three minutes. Yep. Let's wait a bit longer. God wants to speak to you. Just say, Lord, speak to me. Just repent if your if your voice is too loud. Repent. Let his voice become louder. Cynthia, can I, would you be willing to come and share what God just spoke to you? Or is it a bit private? Come up, come up, just as we finish. Who else felt like God spoke to them in that moment? Put your hand up. Yeah, hand up high, hand up high. Yeah, Alwyn, can you come up for a second? Are you okay? Um, Haley, can you come up for a second? Come, come and just share, share what you feel like God said to you. Just after just sitting in this awesome family, sorry, listen through the dip, but um, just sitting for a whole year with all of you, and I felt I needed to be a, a Mary and just sit, and I felt God just say, it's time to be Martha, start doing stuff and start reaching and doing more for him. Thank you, Cynthia. That's a powerful, it's, the Kings were a powerful couple. And if you ever hear their story, man, at some point we'll hear it. But, yeah, a Martha with a merry spirit. That's what we want to be. Come on. How do I put it into words? Um, Holy Spirit was saying to me things that I let let go and, and they were genuine circumstances that I needed to let go of much. He's saying the strength is starting to be renewed to pick up, to pick up again. He's renewing the strength. Thank you, Jesus. How amazing is that? Alan's one of the greatest women of God that I know. What a woman of God. You okay, Hales? Are you okay, Asher? Um, I felt like this was for me, but also it can be for us. Um, I just saw that, um, I guess, for me, um, you could see this, like, little child out on the grass walking around, and they were looking down. And I felt like I could see the Lord just go, come. And I was thinking about when someone does that to me, like, when they see me, and they're like, come over here, like how it actually feels to you. And it just felt like that thing of the father going, come, like he just wants you to come. Um, and I was just seeing this little child that was looking down and it was like, there's not much to see down there, but when you look out here, 
you see there's so much to see, so much that he wants you to see. And I just felt for us, but for me, yeah, just look up, come to him, see his hand drawing you in. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Thanks, Hales. Haley has a real prophetic gift on her. So watch out if she ever gives you a word because it's going to be very accurate. People are getting breakthroughs because they're waiting on the Lord quietly. That's what I want you to take away from today. Wait on the Lord quietly. Take time every day. Wait on Him quietly and your trust, your faith, your humility, your security will rise up. And this church will be unstoppable when we learn the art of waiting on the Lord quietly. Sound good? We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.